Hello, and welcome back to episode two of Wyatt's Riot of a Sports Podcast. Um, so episode one was a big success. Thank you to everybody who listened. And if you are a new listener, welcome. Um, yeah, so <laughs> um, I filmed, or filmed, sorry, I recorded the last podcast. I recorded that a while ago. I recorded that at the beginning of March. And I said in it, oh, I might not be able to bring up a podcast the next week because I'm going on a choir tour. Well, that got canceled due to COVID-19, what has taken the world by storm. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, the opening here is about COVID-19. The coronavirus has kind of taken over everything. Sports, they're gone. Basically, every sport is gone. The NBA went through this whole cycle where Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus in the middle of the week, uh, or sorry, in the middle of a game, actually. He was not playing, he wasn't at the arena, but doctors stormed the court and canceled the game, and there went the NBA. The NBA immediately suspended their season, um, which you had to think they had a meeting, I think a day or two prior um, to the NBA canceling. You had to think that in that meeting, they kind of said, you know, if somebody gets the virus in our league, we have to shut it down. We have to suspend the season. So as of right now, there are no sports. There is nothing on ESPN, Sports Center. all these places are dying for content. Everybody is jumping on everything. Um, the NBA, again, it's, it's suspended momentarily. All the talk every day is, when is it going to come back? Is it coming back in a while? Will they just start right up at the playoffs? Will they have five games to get used to it? Um, you know, so that's a huge topic right now, but there's really no news in the NBA besides people getting the coronavirus. Um, there's a lot of cases that have been confirmed in the NBA. Uh, I mean, owners, coaches, staff, People have been getting the coronavirus, and it's a serious thing. It's a serious matter. Uh, the U.S. now has the most confirmed cases of coronavirus, which is very scary. Uh, here in California, we are on a safer-at-home policy, which a lot of people seem to be following, but still people are going outside doing their thing still. Um, but yeah, I mean, sports um, sports are gone. The NBA is gone. Uh, the NHL, they're gone. <laughs> um, Major League Baseball's pushback opening day. Um, the XFL is completely done. They are even letting their players go ahead and sign uh, with free agents, or sorry, with free agents, with the NFL. Um, rugby, even. Uh, we had the National Rugby League for a while. They just kept pushing along, and I'd be up at ungodly hours of the morning and I'd be able to watch some rugby still get my sports fix in. But now, they're gone, and it's it's not looking good for sports fans. Um, yeah, so rugby's gone. The NFL draft, uh, it's it's still going to happen. I think it's March 23rd to the 25th. Still going to happen, but don't know how it's going to happen. It is in Vegas. There probably won't be any crowds. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're living in a very weird time right now where we're all kind of on self-quarantine. We're all very bored, and there's not a lot to talk about. Um, but this podcast is, um, kind of giving you something to listen to in your boredom. Um, (laughs) I met with one of my friends who him and I have constantly talked about sports for years now. I'm, I think we've been talking about sports for six years, probably, um, ever since I got into it, he's been into it. And so, uh, we, I brought him on the podcast this week. Um, this was not recorded in person. Um, He came over the phone. I figured out that technology. It's my first kind of interview like this. So forgive me, there'll be some times where I'm talking over him or he's talking over me. Um, But yeah, that um, that's kind of the gist of um, (laughs) of what this majority of this podcast is going to be. It's a great interview. We kind of go through all the big stories um, in NFL free agency, Um, go through that kind of digest things, throw a couple jokes in there, had a lot of fun with it. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoy that. Um, Yeah, so we'll roll to that now. Now we're going to transition into NFL free agency with special guest, a worker for Kim Kardashian, works for the company that Kim Kardashian has. Um, 
He's a fellow sports fan. He likes a lot of different teams. Now welcoming on Patrick Reed. Hey, thanks for having me. I do be Patrick, a lot of teams. Patrick, thank you for coming on today. Um, all right, so we're going to talk here. about... You know, thank you. We're going to talk about um, the kind of the big things about NFL free agency right now. Just kind of get those things out of the way. So to start, let's start with the biggest story. Bucks win the Brady sweepstakes. I mean, is it really a sweepstakes at this point? <laughs> are you? <laughs> so you are on the you're on the Tom Brady isn't going to be good in Tampa Bay train. Yes, I I'm not on the Tom Brady isn't going to be good train. Uh, I mean, I'm biased. I'm a Saints fan. So at the end of the day, I think the Saints are going to win the division for the fourth year in a row. Uh, do the Bucks have weapons? Yes. But Tom Brady's not the, si- the same Tom Brady that you're getting from, you know, four and five years ago. Tom Brady had one of his worst years in the league last year, and I don't think that he can replicate those numbers that he's used to replicating, especially not without having Bill Belichick on his side. It's just a different game now, and I think that he's not washed, but on his way out for sure. So with the, do you think Bruce Arians is is not the coach that Brady can have. Do you are you are you the Belichick is is Belichick is Brady's success is that the train that you've been riding on? Bruce Arians is a great coach and I don't think that Belichick is completely to blame for Brady's success because obviously Tom Brady is a great quarterback. Um but Bruce Arians isn't Bill Belichick and so there's definitely going to be some decline I think that way, but Brady is getting some of the best weapons that he's had in quite a long time. So it will be interesting to see. He does have better receivers, especially if Antonio Brown does end up going to the Buccaneers for whatever reason. But I love I that story. That's that my favorite story. I, I hate it. I hate it so much. But <laughs> I don't think that Brady is going to be the same Brady that uh, the Bucks want him to be. I think that he's old now. So with the new offensive weapons, um, granted the Bucks really are kind of a like kind of just a Ferris wheel um, at running back. Right. Uh, they just kind of got people coming in and out, no really strict running back, no number one option. That's true. Um, it's, it's definitely but, a committee that they have in the backfield. Oh, yeah, but wide receivers. I mean, wide you got Mike Evans. Oh, yeah, which that's the only thing is Brady can put up numbers, but now he, I mean, even looking at his schedule, like he has to play, um, he has to play Drew Brees two times a year. Mm-hmm. Which now, and then he has to go play Teddy Bridgewater two times a year. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater or PJ Walker from the XFL. <laughs> we don't know who's going to be. We don't know what's going on with Carolina. Um, but then no he has knows. to go. Carolina doesn't know what's going on with Carolina. So. Carolina is a little confused right now. So, but that's um, is he even has to play Patrick Mahomes? And so yeah. that's the thing is like he now leaves the AFC East, which he's been dominating for years. And that's mm. been it's almost like when LeBron went to the West is yeah. the whole talk was LeBron can't succeed in the West, which is first season. He didn't first season. He missed the playoffs. Granted, he got injured his first injury ever in his career. Right. And so that was the argument was, well, Brady has the AFC East. And so now Brady's out of the AFC East. He's in the NFC South. And so now the it's the true test next year. The NFC the, South is I, it's going the to be premier the division is I the s- best division. I think I think that the NFC West might still be a little better, but the NFC South is definitely in top three for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, the I mean, the NFC West, because you have uh, granted the 49ers, which hope they might have a Super Bowl hangover. Mm-hmm. That could be a thing. Um, granted, Matt Ryan and the Falcons, they are that's the NFC South. I was because I was leading into Todd Gurley. Um, Todd Gurley isn't in L.A. anymore. He's in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing is the Rams. I don't know what the heck's going on with the Rams. Yeah, the Rams are going to have to figure things out for sure. The Rams don't have a running back. They barely have wide receivers. And they have all. It's the Jared Goff and Cooper Cup show now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Totally is. So we kind of got two topics out of the way because we already talked about the stacked NFC South, but I mean we can go into bigger detail on that. Um, I mean, so today um, Robbie Anderson, the Jets wide receiver, 
goes to Carolina to give Teddy Bridgewater another weapon. Right. So that's the thing is that is the Carolina Panthers are loading up. They're loading up on offense. Um, but the only thing is it's, you know, I think I, I actually text you. I think it was two years ago. So it was the year um, it was. Oh, it was the pass interference year for the Saints. Right. Um, Still sad. It was Teddy Bridgewater played, I think, the last game of the season mm-hmm. just because it didn't matter. And he absolutely was horrific. Yeah, I agree. And I remember texting you and I said, Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think he's ever going to be a good starting quarterback in this league ever again. And then, you know, he comes back and he has the this amazing stretch while Drew Brees um, was injured last year. He has this, you know, this really good stretch where even um, Michael Thomas, his numbers went up. But then it was like Kamara's numbers were weird because then the backup running back Latavius Murray, his numbers went up. So it was super weird all around. But Teddy had success. Granted, the offense was a little different around him. Um, if he can go back to the Minnesota days, that'll be the the Panthers will be will be fine. I mean, granted, they they had five quarterbacks as of yesterday and now they have three today. True. Yeah, because they traded away Kyle Allen for a fifth round pick, which is interesting because they wanted to roll with him last year. Mm-hmm. And now he's now he's in. Washington, and well, then Kyle they Allen cut. Sunk his own chances. Kyle Allen kind of proved that he can't be a starting quarterback right now. So. Oh yeah. They probably would have rolled with him if he had played a little better, but we we, we saw how that happened. So. We we all saw how that went down. We saw how the Kyle Allen um, experience went down. But then Cam Newton. Cam Newton's gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cam Newton is gone. He is no longer a Panther, which is. It's kind of weird to think about seeing Cam Newton in another jersey. Where does he go? Um, I mean, that's tough. Obviously, I didn't think... I kind of thought Cam Newton was going to retire a Carolina Panther. It's still weird to me that he's not on the Panthers organization anymore. However, I mean, most of the NFL has their starting quarterback as of now, you know? Most of the NFL kind of knows who they're going to ride with next year, with the exception of... um. The Bengals were obviously going to draft Joe Burrow, and I think the Dolphins are probably going to go ahead and draft Tua from there. So that, you know, eliminates two more teams. Really, the only one that kind of needs a quarterback right now is the Patriots and the Chargers. So it would be interesting to see. I personally think that the Chargers are probably going to play their games with the Tankathon this year and go after Trevor Lawrence next year. That's what I would do if I were the San Diego Char- or the I'm sorry, the LA Chargers. <laughs> it's we're still not used to it. They're still it's, the San Diego Chargers. It's still a terrible decision on their part. But I think that the Chargers are probably going to tank and they're probably going to go after Trevor Lawrence because that's what I would do too. I would totally tank if I was looking at next year getting the opportunity to pick up the guy who's lost one game since high school. I would totally go after him and I wouldn't sign Cam Newton who's been injury plagued for the last 2 years. So if I'm the Chargers, I wouldn't go after him. If I'm the Patriots, now Bill Belichick's the type of guy who can polish out a diamond in the rough, and he's clearly willing to bring out the best in someone that might not be looked at as favorably, which is Cam Newton right now. But who's to say that the Patriots won't decide to do that with some of the quarterbacks they already have on their roster, like Jared Stidham. Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer is done. Brian Hoyer's back. Brian he's Hoyer's back. done. <laughs> that man is, a, is dead in the water. But Jared Stidham is still very new, so so I don't know. But it'll definitely be interesting. I think that Cam Newton will 100% land on a team, and I think that the Bears should have been the one to go grab him. I think it's a shame that the Bears didn't grab him because they probably need a quarterback more than anyone else. But But we'll see. We will see. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the Chargers, too. The Chargers GM has come out and said, we love Tyrod Taylor, this and this. And so it's another Tyrod thing. Um, right. The only thing is, so mock drafts have the Chargers taking um, Justin Herbert from uh, Oregon. Right. That's what I keep that seeing, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it makes sense, but that's, I mean, it could turn into another Josh Rosen incident to where Herbert gets drafted, he plays a couple games, and he's not the best, and then the Chargers find themselves with the number one overall pick, and they're like, oh, we're going to go with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, so. if I'm the Chargers, I wouldn't even waste my time with, with Herbert. I would definitely 
just wait for Trevor Lawrence because I think that Trevor Lawrence is far and away the better quarterback in almost every aspect of the game than Justin Herbert. Oh, but, yeah. And I mean, do you think possibly now I think probably the premier landing spot for Cam Newton is um, New England. Mm-hmm. I think Belichick is like, I want to, he basically, I think Belichick might be on this whole thing where he's like, okay, well, yeah, I can't win with Brady because he's old, but let me bring in Cam Newton. Now you have to worry about a running quarterback in New England, which they haven't had since, <laughs> since I don't know when Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> basically. Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> so they, now that you add that aspect mm-hmm. to um, New England, which gives them now, more running backs, basically. Mm-hmm. You add, you know, the arm strength of Cam, which he did kind of fix his accuracy over late after his last um, shoulder surgery. He definitely But did. that's the only thing is that's the premier landing spot. Now, kind of the off-brand one is we've been hearing mixed things about how John Gruden, do John Gruden, Derek Carr get along? Do they like each other really? After Hard Knocks, people are like, it's fake. Some people are like, it's real. I don't really know, but it would be insane to see um, Cam Newton in Las Vegas. I don't think that's a big uh, that's that's a big thing because then it's what do you do with Derek Carr? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a a sleeper team, but I don't think it's going to happen at all. But as you said, a lot of teams have their quarterbacks. A lot of teams are set. Not very many teams need a quarterback right now. Exactly. I would love to see Vegas take Cam Newton, honestly. I really would. I think that'd be a great spot. Cam Newton used to be a big market quarterback playing for a small market. The Raiders definitely find themselves entering a larger market than they had before. You know, the Raiders fans are faithful, but Vegas is just a, a bigger market than, uh, than Oakland is. So I would personally love to see Cam Newton in Vegas. I think that would be really exciting. I would love to see him kind of reach his comeback in a new environment, a team that's trying to find its new identity, just as their quarterback would be if it was Cam Newton. So I I really love that decision personally, but you're right. You have to figure out what's going to go on with, with their current starter, you know, who's to say what happens, what happens with him. Oh yeah. And I mean, and you also have to bring in the fact that, you know, Jamarcus Russell would have to give up wearing number one. They'd have to unretire that Jersey. Um, so um, yeah, <laughs> thank you, Jamarcus Russell, for the years that you gave the Oakland Raiders. Um, all right, moving on to kind of something. Speaking on the topic of crazy, Bill O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Bill, good old Bill O'Brien <laughs> trades mm-hmm. away DeAndre Hopkins and doesn't get a first-round pick. He's smoking crack. <laughs> He's smoking crack. It's absolutely ridiculous that you have one of the best receivers in the league, and you can't pull a first for him. Now, I saw this whole list. (laughs) I saw this whole list of um, premier wide receivers that were traded, and all of them got number one picks. Even even Oakland Raiders' Randy Moss Mm -hmm. got a number one pick, and DeAndre Hopkins, who came off that playoff performance, even against the Bills, where he didn't have a catch in the first half and then comes out the second half and does so much to get them that win, <laughs> then has a meeting with Bill O'Brien, which Bill O'Brien says, I haven't had a meeting like this since I since Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. Bill O'Brien obviously just didn't like him and then ships him off for David Johnson, his second round pick. I think that there's there's gotta be something else. That we don't know yet. There's got to be some sort of, some sort of beef or something. Is DeAndre Hopkins the next Antonio Brown? No, no, of course not. Because Antonio Brown has always been extremely vocal. You know, even when he was in Pittsburgh, and Juju was drafted. You know, all that stuff. Ju- like AB has always been a very polarizing figure that took on a whole new identity last year. But I mean, Hopkins is pretty quiet you know he posts on instagram every so often but there's never really been oh my god deandre hopkins said this he did this whereas antonio brown like lived rent free at the top of every headline for about a month and a half so 
I don't think that they're the same whatsoever in terms of how they're appeared by the media. I think that Hopkins is a top three receiver. So the fact that he can't, that Bill O'Brien didn't get a first for him, it's not that he couldn't, it's that he didn't try to. Because someone would have oh, yeah. given up two firsts for Hopkins. So it doesn't, oh, yeah. it really I th- doesn't I think you would, have, you would have almost gotten a Anthony Davis-like trade for Hopkins. Now, yeah. now here's the thing. Will it work in Arizona? Will Kyler Murray be able to see DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> I mean of course, he can, Kyler Murray's not bad. I love Kyler Murray. I just love that joke that he's like, they can't, he can't see over the pocket after he comes from Oklahoma, where Oklahoma drafts these 6'8" tackles and yeah. guards from the the depths of Mississippi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, but, yeah, no, Kyler Murray can see him. And even if he couldn't, DeAndre Hopkins would go get that ball anyway. So that's which I think thing to be worried about. And I think Kyler Murray throws a beautiful ball, but I also think you're coming from a Deshaun Watson. You know, the Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray are very similar quarterbacks in the way that they can escape the pocket. Right. They can make something out of nothing. Of course, I you know, we all think that Deshaun Watson is a little better right now right, of um, than Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray's coming off his first year. <clears throat> first year, sorry. Um, and <laughs> and so the thing is, is so now that offense, because Larry Fitzgerald's coming back, you have Kenyon Drake in the backfield um, mm-hmm. after he signed his transition tag. Now it's just to the point, it's, it's now, now it's on the coach. Right. So now we're sitting there and we're like, yeah, we went 5-10-1 last year. Now 17 games. You know, are they can they compete in this stacked NFC, which a 10-6 and six Rams team last year couldn't even get into? Right. I mean, having that empty playoff spot definitely helps. Um, I think the Cardinals are going to be able to compete this year. I don't think they're going to win the division. I think the division's probably going to be Seattle or San Francisco again. But I think that you know, in a scenario where you have an extra playoff team, I definitely think that that the Cardinals could snag it, you know? Grant, a team I mean, like the Cardinals would be a great wild card matchup. Of course, of course. And it's really not fair for the NFC East in years like last year to even get an opportunity to send a, a team to the playoffs because, you know, none of the four teams in the NFC East deserve to go to the playoffs. That spot should have gone to the Rams. It should have been the Rams' playoff spot. And so I would love to see in the NFL in the future maybe go into more of a tiered system. I don't think that each division deserves an automatic bid because, you know, the NFC East was embarrassing last year and the Rams would have definitely been better um, in the same situation. The Eagles got to host a playoff game. Yeah. They ridiculous. got to host one with it Josh McCown ridiculous. starting mm-hmm. in the second half. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. But, I mean, I digress. I think that Arizona is definitely going to be competing and I think that Hopkins is a fantastic ad for them, especially how little they gave up to get him. But, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't get Bill O'Brien. I really don't get it. I mean, like I said, I'm a Saints fan, so I love Michael Thomas. He's my guy. But DeAndre Hopkins is DeAndre Hopkins. How do you not get a first round pick for him? It doesn't make sense. Just it, it does make not sense. make any sense. Kyler it Murray d- was doesn't make any sense along the lines one with one of the best receivers in the league, and I'm sure he slept so well that night. I feel. I mean, I feel great for Kyler Murray. He was really gifted something special, but I feel awful, awful for for all of Houston for lo- for losing that man. It sucks. Houston hasn't had really a good year. Um, Houston doesn't have a starting center. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston has a horrible baseball team that the world hates, <laughs> and now Houston does not have a premier wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, Houston had, but a they really did sign thing. Randall Cobb. They did. They had a really promising year last year, too. That's the thing. Houston looked like they were on the up and up. You know, you lose Andrew Luck and the Colts. The Jaguars can never seem to completely figure it out, save for that one year. And it's like the Texans would have been the team to beat in that division for a long time, save for the Titans. And I still would take the Texans with DeAndre Hopkins over the Titans next year. Now I'm taking the Titans 100% in that division, but it's not like Houston was really slumping. You know, they had something to build off of. And so trading away DeAndre Hopkins that soon just doesn't, doesn't compute at all because they could have kept going with the team that they had. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, 
Speaking of a team you brought up, the Jags. Are the Jaguars okay? Do we know if they're okay? Um, their whole defense from their Saxonville years, um, that one fluke year mm-hmm. back the 2016-17 season, um, to where, or the 17-18 season, to where, you know, they were playing in the conference championships. They had they had the Patriots on the ropes. Yeah, they they beat the Steelers. Yeah, a, a, even just a one call, the Miles Jack call, if he's not down, they score that touchdown. We're getting an Eagles Jag Super Bowl with Blake Portals being on the other end. Oh, I would love that. But now their defense is gone. Nick Foles is gone, which, you know, Minshew, Minshew Mania took over last year. I was a big fan on that Minshew Mania train. We love, we love Gardner Minshew. We, love, we love Gardner Minshew in this house. Um, but <laughs> it doesn't seem like, it does not seem like the Jags are making moves, you know, trading away Calais Campbell to yep. the Ravens mm-hmm. with, for a couple picks, you don't even get anything back. And so now their offense, their offense is their offense. You know, it, it, if Minshew goes, the offense goes. Yep. It, but their, their defense now, coming from a defense that could have been a premier defense, you know, this kind of started with the crumble of Jalen Ramsey wanting out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so now it's where do the Jags go? Are they now in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes? I I don't think it's a bad idea, you know. I say play your first couple games. If it doesn't work out the way you want it to, then go full tankathon, for sure. But the Jags, I mean, even when they had that year where they were so close to the Super Bowl the entire season, we were all thinking like, this is a joke. Like in November, when the Jags were doing as well as they were, I was like, this can't be real. I'm not. There's something that's missing here. And now the Jags are missing almost everything. You know, I had Leonard Fournette on my fantasy team two years ago, and he did absolutely nothing for me. So I'm still hesitant to consider Leonard Fournette their number one back, but I would consider Leonard Fournette their their best back at the moment. But they still don't have, you know, a show-stopping Todd Gurley. They don't have a Saquon Barkley. Like, Leonard Fournette is good, but he's not, he's not a top ten, I don't think, running back. Gardner Minshew still has a lot to work out. The Jags don't really have any star-studded pieces in their team at all. They're forgettable, just like they were, you know, for about a 10-year streak in the early 2000s. So it's a shame that they couldn't do more with that one great year that they had, but I don't think that the Jags are going to do anything until they can actually make moves and until they can actually bolster their team a little bit more because they're really just not doing anything. Yeah, and I mean that's that's something. I mean, you brought up Leonard Fournette and his and his lack of, you know, his <laughs> kind of his lack of anything. You know, he's not a good, he's not a good. You know, he can't catch the ball out of the backfield really. And you know, his games he'll he'll have. I mean, I think that one Tennessee game early in the season when Minshew Mania was really starting to come up, he had negative yards. Yeah. Then breaks away this ninety yard run to give him a hundred yards on the game. Yeah. He is one of the most... And it's like, we all know you did nothing. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would love to see Jacksonville go and get, you know, a Jonathan Taylor or someone like that this year to kind of at least have some competition in the backfield because they don't need to commit to any certain back. Jacksonville's just got to do something. It doesn't even feel like they're really building on anything. Oh, no. But, I mean, speaking of running backs, Atlanta, the Falcons, they get... Their hometown guy, mm-hmm. Todd Gurley, after kind of a lackluster season with the Rams. The Rams don't even don't even give him a second chance. They said, you can't give us a thousand yards and an MVP like season. We're sorry, Todd. You're gone. Yeah. Um, so Todd Gurley's in Atlanta. Does it mean anything? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, Todd Gurley, I still am very high on. I think that he is still a really solid back, and I think that the Rams are definitely giving up on him too soon. I really like Tom, or I really like Todd Gurley, and I think that he's a threat for sure. I mean, he did he played great the whole season when the Saints and the Rams were kind of big rivals, you know, that whole season, then going into the NFC Championship game with, uh, with the pass interference and everything. But Todd Gurley is a standout back for sure, and I think that 
the Rams definitely gave up on him too soon when he had one down year, which doesn't make any sense to me, really, because Jared Goff is very mediocre, and they're not giving up on him. You know, it's like walk the walk, Rams. If you're going to talk the talk and get rid of one person who outperforms, you know, do the same thing. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't like Jared Goff at all. I think that he had a really down year. (laughs) However, I think that Todd Gurley is definitely better than Jared Goff. And so to give up on Gurley but not give up on Goff, it doesn't make sense. However, I think Gurley has a chip on his shoulder. I think he's got a lot to prove. I think that Atlanta has a great offense that's built for the run, and they are definitely going to perform with with Gurley. But Atlanta's still not a team to compete in the NFC just because of their defense being such a liability still, and it's a shame. But Gurley's going to play great. I don't think that the the Falcons are going to be much of a contender this year just because the Falcons don't have a complete team. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that's that's the only thing about the Falcons is it's just, you know, on defense, you know, they've gotten a a couple names. Um, Not really. I mean, they cut Desmond Trufant, so Desmond Trufant's out. Um, but the offense is looking great. Uh, their coach isn't looking great. Dan Quinn somehow still there. Um, it's almost it almost feels like Marvin Lewis is on the Bengals, yeah. just there, lackluster season after lackluster season. Just um, collecting a paycheck. So I I had this in here. I wrote this last night, and. Um, I guess this this question's already been answered. I said, do the Panthers have too many quarterbacks? Because um, they had five as of yesterday. Now they have three. They have the regular three. Will Greer, um, brother of Vine star Nash Greer. Um, he's still there. Um, they now have PJ Walker from the XFL, XFL MVP, mm-hmm. and Teddy Bridgewater. So, I mean, they don't have too many QBs. They have the perfect amount of QBs right now. We touched on that kind of earlier um with the Panthers but so here's another thing so last year you and I talked about this last year Mm -hmm. uh, around this time the Bills tried to get Antonio Brown it was settled and Antonio Brown said if I go to Buffalo I am retiring (laughs) the trade fell through and now the Bills get Stefan Diggs from the Vikings, and they take him away from the Patriots, which everybody thought that was going to happen at the trade deadline last year. Mm-hmm. So Diggs is now a Buffalo Bill. What does this mean for Josh Allen? Does this put more pressure on him after his success last season? I don't think that it puts more pressure on Josh Allen because I think that when the time comes, he competes, albeit that he's not the most talented quarterback, you know, Josh Allen was getting compared to Mitchell Trubisky a lot two years ago, and I think Josh Allen heard all that, and last year was like, you know what, all right, bet, you know, and he came out and he proved it, and so I have a lot of respect for Josh Allen, I have a lot of respect for the Bills going after Stephon Diggs, you know, they saw Brady leave New England, they almost immediately went after Diggs, and it goes to show that they're here to compete, and they really want to build on what they have. The NFC or the AFC East is wide open now, and so the Bills can really go after, you know, at least the 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 division championship. But for sure, you know, take on or try to take on one of the first two picks, in uh, or one of the first two seeds in the in the conference. So I I'm pretty hot on the Bills overall. I was you know ecstatic when the Bills beat the Cowboys last year. I thought that was hilarious. Um, it was a beautiful moment. It was great. It was it was fantastic to see. But I think that the Bills are the Bills are uh, not here to stay, but that they definitely are going to keep building. And I would be very interested to see what happens to the Bills in two years, um, especially with the yeah, Dolphins I think they- already making some moves as well. But you know that division's wide open now for the first time in over a decade. So it's exciting that the Bills are doing this. Oh yeah, I think that I think. You know, with the AFC being now granted with the new CBA and everything, you only have one bye week now. So right. the top spot gets the bye week. But I think the Bills now with Diggs, more offensive weapons, um, they had a really good running back from FAU last year, rookie running back. I think, you know, this year is a huge year. And I think 
Josh Allen is going to have a lot of pressure on him. Not that he's not going to respond to it, but I think if he just is kind of missing targets, I mean, we didn't, you know, Stephon Diggs talked about Kirk Cousins last year mm-hmm. and how they got to throw the ball down the field more and at least take some chances. Right. Um, and I don't think that Stephon Diggs will not say that about um, Josh Allen. But um, another wide receiver uh, that actually broke Jerry's bank, Amari Cooper. Five years, $100 million, and Dak gets the short end of the stick and just gets franchise tagged. So Dak has now sat out of the way for Ezekiel Elliott to get his deal done. He sat out of the way for Cooper to get his deal done. Now, he hasn't signed his franchise tag yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you see Dak Prescott on the move? Turns down the franchise tag and leaves. No, I think he'll probably take the franchise tag this year and play for the Cowboys because he doesn't really have many other opportunities. If I'm Dak Prescott, I'm not I'm not going to leave the Cowboys because like I said earlier, most NFL teams have their guy. They have their quarterback and Dak Prescott's not going to be competing for the top spot. So if I'm Dak, I play the year out with the Cowboys. I hope to God that I don't get injured and blow my whole career. Um, and then just try my luck in the market next year if I don't get my if I don't get my bag. The thing is, though, I am maybe one of the biggest Dak Prescott haters in the game. I've never liked Dak Prescott, even when the Cowboys went 13-3. and So I don't really think he deserves a massive contract at all. I think that he's still very unproven. I think that Dak Prescott has never really shown up uh, when it matters most. And so I don't support Dak Prescott getting the size of the contract that he's probably looking for because, I mean, we all saw how much money he turned down. But at the same time, you got to pay your quarterback. It doesn't make sense for the Cowboys to not pay him, especially considering they completely overpaid Amari Cooper. That whole organization is definitely a mess, and they've got a lot to figure out, but I don't think that it starts and ends with their quarterback. I think that they've got a lot of other problems that they're going to have to deal with. Oh, yeah, and I mean... You know, so now, you know, you got you got a bunch of guys on big deals. And so now you're worrying about the salary cap, which, you know, it will go up. Uh, I actually think it is projected to go up. You know, Dak on the franchise tag, still getting a bag. I believe it's $38 million that he's getting for one year um, away from his traditional, um, I think it was a fourth-round pick salary, which was like $400,000. Yeah, it's a, it's a great... So, it's a great year for him financially. It's a good year for him. I think he should sign that franchise tag and then try again next year uh, to see if they can get it. Because, I mean, he wants $40 million a right. year. He wants the biggest contract. He wants to be the most highest-paid quarterback, which it seems like even if the quarterback isn't the best quarterback in the world, you have to do that for them now. It was like Jimmy Garoppolo had had played five games in this league and the Niners were like, well, we have to sign him to the max deal. Mm-hmm. We have to make him the highest paid. And Jimmy G last year kind of had a meltdown in the Super Bowl. Yep. And people in the middle of the season were saying, you know, kid, you know, Kyle Shanahan, go and get, go and get Matt Ryan and do a Matt Ryan Garoppolo swap. So, I mean, it's a, uh, is interesting. Um, with Dak, I think Dak's a good quarterback. He put up great numbers last year under offensive coordinator Kellen Moore from Boise State, former Boise State Bronco, great guy, good quarterback who used to play for the Detroit Lions and the Cowboys. But Mike McCarthy, new head coach, same offensive coordinator. If his numbers go up, I mean, you have to you have to sign him to that big deal, or else, to. or else one of these teams that a quarterback declines or something. We'll go and get him. Um, I mean, this is moving on. This is kind of just like just a little something. I don't really know what this means. Uh, the Colts get Philip Rivers. Right. Does that I mean, technically, Philip Rivers uh, should be contacted by the CDC. He has 11 kids. Um, and that's that's against the, the rules here, Philip, unless you got people still living in San Diego and then some living in Florida and some living in Indianapolis. We don't know what Phil Rivers is doing. We don't know if the CDC has him detained right now. 
um, in the wake of coronavirus. We haven't heard from Philip Rivers, um, but he's not. a Colt now. Yes. He he's an Indianapolis weird. Colt. It's weird to hear. It yeah. it is it's really weird, and I mean, you know, last year Jacoby Brissett put up good numbers. They beat the Chiefs last year, um, and then you know Jacoby got a little hurt, and uh, backup quarterback came in, didn't do so well, and the Colts just went spiraling down. Mm-hmm. But you know, Jacoby Brissett's got to be pissed. As I've been hearing a couple things um, that maybe Jacoby Brissett goes back to uh, New England. Goes back, gets his shot under Bill, where he actually performed very well, beat the Texans on a premier night, but I think their quarterback yeah. was Brock I mean, Osweiler. Take that um, however you can. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I think... Wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt uh, Jacoby Brissett going back to New England. I think that'd be a cool move. But, I mean, obviously, Philip Rivers is going to be the starting quarterback. And I think in the same vein as Tom Brady, you know, he's past his prime. And so for the Colts to make the move, it doesn't make much sense because they're still kind of building their team in a lot of senses. So it's definitely, it's definitely not the move I expected the Colts to make, but you got to make it work. So it will definitely be interesting to see Phillip Rivers play, you know, in a different, on a different team for the first time. But, but yeah, I, I think that the Colts, you know, took a, a guy who's past his prime. I think that it doesn't last that long, and I think that the Colts are going to be back looking for another quarterback pretty soon because Jacoby's probably not their guy either. Could be in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes here. They definitely could be. They definitely could be. If a couple things go wrong with Phillip, and then all of a sudden Phillip's like, uh-oh, uh, my elbow kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. And then they miss a couple games. They could do exactly what they did to get Andrew Luck, which would be insane. They go from Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, and then Trevor Lawrence. And I wouldn't doubt it at all, because that's the kind of luck the Colts have always had, no pun intended. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't doubt that at all. I think it'd be kind of interesting to see Trevor Lawrence play for the Colts, but... You know, stranger things have happened. Um, speaking of more quarterbacks, Bears have a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. The man, the myth, the legend, Nick Foles, okay. is in town. Nick Foles is in town. Now, Nick Foles, granted, that first game that he had against the Chiefs, he looked fantastic, threw a touchdown pass, which was a great ball that he threw as he was um, breaking his collarbone. Yeah. which I think is one of the more impressive feats. I think, of course, Kobe's shooting free throws on a torn Achilles is up there, but I think somewhere on that list is Nick Foles throwing a beautiful touchdown pass while breaking his clavicle. Foles definitely on that list. Um, but, you know, Nick Foles, granted, he had that, of course, that amazing season in Philly where he won the Super Bowl, then came in the year after when... Carson was still recovering. He came in and kind of was mediocre. Then when Carson hurt his back at the end of that year, came in and kind of, you know, got them to the playoffs again. And then got, you know, that was the double doink game. Yep. Was Nick Foles was there. And so now he's back to where he caused the Bears fans so much pain. He's there now. Will he cause them more pain or will he relieve their pain? I think that Nick Foles is the type of guy who plays best when he's got something to prove. You know, he did that uh, with the Eagles the first time around when he went to the Super Bowl, and no one possibly thought a backup quarterback could win a Super Bowl against, you know, a Patriots dynasty team. And I think that when he led the Eagles back to the playoffs the year afterwards, he was still there to prove himself and prove that, you know, this is my team. This isn't really Carson's team, and he kind of you know, shut all of the rumors down. He played great that first game against the Chiefs last year because he wanted to prove that he was going to be successful in a system that wasn't Philadelphia's. And I think that he'll at least come out the gates really strong for Chicago. And I think because he's got something to prove there now too, especially going into mini camps and all of that good stuff. He's got to win the spot. I don't think that they're going to automatically declare Foles the starter. I do think that he'll be the starter. But I don't think that he comes in as the automatic starter. It's definitely 
going to be a mutually beneficial relationship between Trubisky and Foles for the coaching staff and for the front office to make the two guys compete each other against each other and determine who wants it more. But I think that Foles gets the spot, and I think that he comes out the gates really hot. I don't know if that's something that can be sustained, especially because I think that the Packers, once they draft a wide receiver, hopefully they draft a wide receiver in the first round, I think that the Packers are going to be a really, really strong team in the NFC next year. And so at the end of the day, I don't think the Bears are going to be the champs of that division. But I think that the Bears will be better this year than they were last year. I think that Foles, you know, is a legend in his own right because that man is insane uh, for the things that he's done. But, but yeah, I, I want to see him be successful, and I think he will at first, but I don't think that it's something that is going to last forever. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, with Nick Foles coming in, you know, I think he's probably going to get the most reps with the ones over Mitch. Yeah. But I also think the left side of the field is now shaking. The left side of the field is scared because Mitchell Trubisky cannot throw to the left side of the field for some reason. So the left side of the field um, is ready. They are ready for um, people to um, have catch balls on that side. Like and it's kind of bad. First time in years. <laughs> it's actually kind of bad. Um, the wide receivers for the Bears were tweeting um, that they were so ecstatic that um, – Nick Foles or somebody, a new QB was in town. They were trying to recruit Teddy Bridgewater. Some people wanted Cam Newton. Um, Some people were going after Tom Brady. Not a good look at Uh, all by the Bears. So Mitch's days might be numbered, and we can always remember him for that trade, which was the dumbest trade ever. They traded up one spot to get Mitchell Trubisky, and the 49ers said, okay, we weren't going to take him. Absolutely awful. And I have a couple friends who are Bears fans. Almost every time I'm watching a Bears game with them, I will bring up Mahomes and Watson, and they just, they'll still shut down. You know, that's, that's going to be something that haunts every Bears fan for at least 40 years. Until the Bears win yeah. the Super Bowl, that's going to be something that haunts them. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's just, that's another thing in itself, is not taking Patrick Mahomes, not taking, that's the thing, is Deshaun Watson that year, for some reason, wasn't the premier quarterback. Wasn't he, he was basically, he should have won the Heisman that year. Yeah. He won the national championship where he beat Alabama. We all know quarterbacks that beat Alabama, usually successful, minus Tim Tebow and minus Johnny Manziel. Yeah. But besides that, I mean, I mean, Joe Burrow single-handedly beat Alabama and did it with ease. Yeah. Joe Burrow said, I, this is my town. Yeah. And so that's, it's, it's, it's honestly insane that Mitchell Trubisky was the first quarterback taken off the board in that draft. I can't believe it. I still can't believe it. Well, the Broncos, they have a new running back, Melvin Gordon, to go along with Drew Luck as they get rid of Joe Flacco, Mr. Elite. Mr. Elite is out of town. Man. He's gone. Joe Flacco might be done in the NFL. Super Bowl champion Joe Flacco. <laughs> Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco. Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco. <laughs> so the Broncos get Melvin Gordon. To uh, Melvin Gordon got it was very weird. His contract still doesn't look like a contract he was looking for. <laughs> but I mean, he's he on a two-year out, deal. He sat out for ten million last year to settle for eight million this year. It's it doesn't make sense from a Gordon standpoint, but the Chargers definitely had the upper hand with that move to say, all right, fine, you know, you can sit. And they had another back ready to go. Gordon lost they do. all they have bargaining a, power. They have um, Eckler, who they signed to a pretty good contract. Yeah. Might have actually been better than, um, than Melvin Gordon's, but Melvin Gordon now adds something, that run game that they haven't had since that last Tom Brady year. Yeah. Uh, where they had C.J. Anderson back there uh, taking the load um, while <laughs> while Peyton Manning could barely throw football. Um, and C.J. Anderson basically nearly won them that championship. But, you know, with that, you know, of course, the Broncos are a different team. Um, 
you know, they they still have their tall quarterback, which John Elway loves. He loves his tall quarterbacks. Um, but so are the Broncos tall white quarterback? <laughs> are the Broncos a problem in the AFC now since Brady's gone? Brady's gone. The AFC West, we assume the Chiefs will take. Um, but besides that, are the Broncos a competitor? Um, are the Broncos a competitor? I think the short answer is no. And I think the longer answer is absolutely not. <laughs> I think that the Broncos still have a long way to go. You've got the defending Super Bowl champ in your division who haven't really lost anybody from their Super Bowl team. The Chiefs are going to be just fine again this year. I think the Raiders are going to be really strong considering the amount of draft picks that they have. And depending on who the Chargers get at quarterback this year, they've still got something to prove. I say the Broncos probably go third in their division and miss the playoffs. I think that the Broncos are still missing some pieces. You know, Drew Locke took over last year um, after his injury came in. Um, and he, you know, he had success. I'm pretty sure he went undefeated mm-hmm. as a starter. Uh, he might have lost one game to the uh, to the Chiefs in there. I'm not 100% sure. But he either went, went undefeated or lost one game. And, you know, Drew Locke had the swag. I mean, we've I think we've both seen that video. He's on the sideline um, rapping oh, yeah, on the sideline. Oh, yeah, great. I have nothing against him. I just think... I think with a full season... Oh yeah, I think the but the Broncos again have that dominant defense uh lacking at cornerback. But I mean besides that, Von Miller can Von Miller step up? I don't feel like Von Miller's really been the same since that Super Bowl MVP. Um I feel like he's declined. And um so that's the thing is if the Broncos can get a couple things together, have a dominant offense to almost, you know, almost vice versa what they've been doing the past few years is have a dominant offense to help out that defense instead of the past years. It's been have a dominant defense to help out that offense. And so now if drew lock can almost lead the charge, they might be able to sneak into that last spot because AFC is wide open. I mean, really the only locks in the AFC are the chiefs and the Ravens, the chiefs and the Ravens. I mean, besides that, you, we don't know what's going to happen. The Texans could, the Texans could be horrible. They still kind of don't have an offensive line. Yeah, that's true. The AFC is definitely wide open, uh, but they would have to settle for a wild card at that point because the Chiefs are probably going to win the division. So the Broncos would already be fighting an uphill battle. However, I think that Gordon is probably a really good signing for a second-year quarterback like Drew Locke because that gives you someone to be able to go for the easy checkdowns to. Um, Gordon's a running back that can catch really well and make a play off of a ball that might be shorter. And it helps for a rookie quarterback or a second-year quarterback to kind of have that safety net of a running back who can actually catch balls and make a play off of them. Drew Locke doesn't have to be expected to go downfield every single play, but he definitely does have the confidence to do it. So I'm really interested in Drew Locke. I just think it's going to be a couple of years until, until the Broncos really have something to work with here. Oh, yeah. I mean, this year might be you know, a seven and nine year, but they start off slow and then they end really fast and everybody's like, oh, watch out for the Broncos next year. Yeah, I would say that's probably the most likely scenario, but I've been wrong before. All right, one thing I want to bring up before uh, we kind of get into some QB talk here at the end, just with kind of the remaining QBs on the board. Um, Real quick, um, hits close to home, the Cleveland Browns make some good moves in free agency. They bring in... Um, Austin Hooper from the Falcons, yeah. bringing another tight end to go with uh, another dominant tight end that they have there. Baker Mayfield, they bring in they bring in him some support um, on the offensive line, which they fixed from last season, which they had a horrific offensive line. They bring in an actual coach <laughs> like yeah. Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. Um, of course, we don't see as much hype for the Browns as we did last year. Is that good for them, the lack of hype? It is good for them. The amount of hype the Browns were getting this time last year is, was unbelievable. It was, it was crazy to see the amount of hype that they were getting because the Browns are a small market team at the end of the day. They're not used to that sort of stardom, regardless of how many stars they do have. So I think that the amount of hype is definitely good. 
bolstering the offensive line is huge for them. But, I mean, they've already had a ton of weapons. Odell Beckham Jr. was one of the biggest wastes of a weapon I think I've ever seen. Odell Beckham Jr. had his worst year, and it wasn't his fault by a long shot. So I think OBJ is primed to absolutely do better next year because he can't really do much worse than he did last year. Jarvis Landry's great. Austin Hooper's great. Uh, they've got fantastic running backs. Really, their only problem on the offense at this point is is their quarterback. I don't like Baker really at all. I think that he's very overrated. And until Baker proves me wrong, uh, I'm not going to think differently. Last year was supposed to be the year that he proved me wrong. That's what he kept telling everybody, and then he didn't. So, you know. Yeah, I'm that gonna, lackluster lackluster second year after his just, I mean, outstanding rookie season where he came in, brought the Browns their first win in, in two years. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, of course the city of Cleveland loves him. I think, you know, last year uh, Odell Beckham playing with the sports hernia, which was crazy. The training staff, I, they were, at the end of the year, they were kind of bagging on the training staff, saying they didn't take care of it well enough. Odell Beckham not having a good year. Jarvis Landry actually having a Pro Bowl season. Nick Chubb having a great year, but Freddie Kitchens wanted to use Kareem Hunt for some reason instead of yeah. Nick Chubb. Um, this is, I mean, this is a big year for Baker. He can't go and throw as many touchdowns as he does interceptions. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to get his swagger back a little bit. I think he was rattled a little bit. Granted, he had no time to throw in the pocket, as we saw against that 49ers team, where he had just a horrendous game because he had the offensive line didn't want to block for him. But I think this year we see the Browns maybe not take the AFC North because the Ravens are still there, and the Ravens have been loading up on defense. And possibly looking to make one more move on offense uh, that would help them out just a lot, just with, you know, what we saw in that playoff game against the Titans, you know, just getting them one more option, uh, maybe another running back, uh, probably another wide receiver. But, I mean, besides that, the Browns, you know, they could be, they could make a big splash this year. But I, I can see them making the playoffs. I don't see them being a premier team in the AFC. I can see them going like 10 and 6. I definitely think that the Browns will probably secure a wild card spot. I'd be pretty surprised if the Browns didn't. I mean, that, that division is still the Ravens. They're one of the most complete teams in the league. They have so few holes on their team as is. Obviously, that playoff loss was really, really disappointing considering how far we thought the Ravens were going to go. But I don't think that the Ravens are going anywhere. You know, Lamar Jackson is tremendous, and they have so many big pieces on that team that I think the Ravens are going to be just as good this year as they were last year. So I think the Browns will go to the playoffs, but they're going to have to be a wild card. Um, but it'll happen. However, if Baker doesn't, you know, show up again this year, it might be start. It might be time to start talking about replacing him. Could be in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Could be. We said that about a couple teams. The Trevor All right, Lawrence real- sweepstakes is right o- wide open. It's wide open. Now, speaking of quarterbacks, let's get in to all the free agent quarterbacks. As of right now, we have, you know, the big names are Cam Newton and Jameis Winston mm-hmm. and Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to throw Joe on there. He has a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. And he is elite. Um, so. And he is elite. He is 100% elite. But Jameis Winston, where do you see him going? I see Jameis sticking with the Bucks. Oh, so becoming think, Brady's backup. I think he, I think he'd be okay with it. I really do. Be able to learn under Brady for two more years, and then hopefully for him, Brady retires and he can take the throne back. I don't think it's the worst move for Jameis to learn under Brady for a couple of years and learn that poise and the ability to show up when it counts. I think it might be best for Jameis to take a take a step back for a little while and learn. Now he did post an Instagram saying goodbye to Tampa. He did. He did. Granted, he could come back, delete the picture, and say, I'm happy to be back, Tampa. I couldn't leave you. It might have been goodbye to the starting spot and not goodbye (laughs) to the team. You know? Who knows? Mr. 30 for 30 himself. (laughs) Um, Famous Jameis. Um, Jameis. I see him. Oh, gosh. I, I really want him so bad 
to be on the Patriots. Yeah. It would be interesting. I mean, he got LASIK. He can see now. He can see. He can see the field. Um, That's big. Bruce Arians. (laughs) It's huge. It's really good when your quarterback can see. Who knows Um, how many touchdowns he'll throw this year if he can see. (laughs) The thing is, is the fact that Jameis Winston walked into 30 touchdowns and he wasn't able to see, I think is... Is is kind of a big deal. Now yeah. I'd have to look and see what teams he threw the most interceptions. If they're wearing similar color jerseys, I wouldn't be surprised I think, at all. I think we have to give Jameis Winston the benefit of the doubt. One hundred percent. I think 100%. Jameis Winston might be the most underrated quarterback in the league. That he he was able to throw thirty touchdowns and he could not see the scoreboard. And how many of those interceptions were pick sixes? I mean, do those count as touchdowns? That's more than I think we have touchdowns. to count them as touchdowns. That's more I think we 30. have to count them as touchdowns. Yeah. I James think Jameis Winston might have set the touchdown record this year. <laughs> but yeah. I think I think he goes to the Patriots. I can see the the Dolphins trying to give him a one year deal to see if maybe he's he's better and then the Dolphins can trade away that pick. Because there's there have been rumors recently that the Dolphins really want Burrow. And they're trying to talk to the Bengals, and the Bengals are like, well, hey, we really want Burrow. And the Bengals are like, that's crazy. We don't care. <laughs> that's that's really crazy, guys, because we want Burrow. Do you is there any way, any package, any trade package that the Miami Dolphins could give the Cincinnati Bengals that would get them to give the Dolphins the number one overall pick and the Bengals get Tua? No. No. There's I nothing. Think, they I can't throw that, in Ryan Fitzmagic? No, I think that the Bengals are going to say no to anything unless it would just be, you know, a Bill O'Brien crackhead type deal, which the Miami Dolphins aren't going to do. So I think that Burrow will be a Bengal, and I think that the Bengals would be pretty dumb uh, if they didn't draft him because the Bengals have really not had a great QB in quite a long time, and they're on the cusp of something here because the Bengals have a couple weapons. So it's not like Burrow is entering, you know, a dumpster fire of a team. Well, he still is. It could be worse. It could be worse. <laughs> it could, could be a lot worse. He could be, um, could be playing. He could be Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He could, he could have been born as Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> um, all right, well, so we already talked about Cam a little bit earlier. You see him going to the Patriots? I think so. Gosh, I'm just trying to think of all the teams that are open that I think the Patriots need a quarterback that we haven't talked about at all today might come up from behind and snag him. I think the Lions might go after the. Okay, so you think they get rid of Stafford? Then where does Stafford go? Stafford would have to be a backup. No one really wants Matt Stafford infection. Now, Matt Stafford, I think, is underappreciated. I think Matt Stafford, the guy, plays through everything. He's tough as nails, and he's never really had a target besides Calvin Johnson. When he had Calvin Johnson, he went to the playoffs. That's very fair. That's very fair. But recency bias is huge, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions went after Cam Newton. But I do think that New England is probably still his best spot. I think New England is his best spot. Do we see the Redskins maybe getting a quarterback? Maybe... Cam Newton to the Redskins to go with his buddy Kyle Allen. That would definitely be interesting. I mean, I don't see the Redskins trading their pick, for sure. I think that the Redskins pick is uh, locked and loaded, and, you know, they're going to get Chase Young regardless. But, and so, if they were going to, I don't know, I think it's I think it's too early to give up on, well, on the quarterback. Newton's a free agent. Have. Newton is a free agent. Newton's a free sure, agent, but I think that it's, I think that it's too early to give up on Dwayne Haskins, because we know oh, that yeah. the Redskins I mean, aren't going to draft a quarterback at number two, and I think that there's no reason for them to hunt after a different quarterback when they already have you know a promising one on their team. I wouldn't give up on Dwayne Haskins so soon. No, I wouldn't. Uh, well, the only thing is, I didn't really like Dwayne Haskins coming out of Ohio State. Because he had that Urban Meyer offense. I think every quarterback succeeds in that offense. Right. And I didn't think that he was any special. Like, I don't think that their quarterback right now 
Um, I don't think he's that good. I don't think he should be a top pick because I don't think he can really hit the broadside of a barn. It's just very easy to look to throw five touchdowns against Maryland. Yeah, that's that's fair. And Rutgers. When I get to see Rutgers, I mean, if I got to play Rutgers at least once a year, I would look like a Heisman candidate. If I was an Ohio State football player. Michigan is, you know, they're they're not great, but Michigan is better. Oh yeah, yeah, Michigan. And he played Michigan's better competition. So. Yeah, but I mean, I just, I mean, I think we saw it too in that uh, in that game against Clemson in the college football playoffs that you know he he threw an interception in the in the time they needed most. Granted, yes, the wide receiver ran the wrong route or fell down, um, but I mean, besides that, you're not. You know, he, he all of his touchdowns, you know, he did throw a couple good balls. So he has this year to maybe prove me wrong. I won't be all out on him. Um, but I think Jameis goes to the Patriots. And then, gosh, I'm trying to look for just a wild card team to send Cam Newton to. You know what? I'm going to say Cam Newton, one-year contract with the Miami Dolphins. It's ballsy. It, I think I, it would be... I would be not take that, but it's ballsy. One-year contract with them. They go this year while Tua's still recovering from his hip surgery, test him out, see if they even need Tua. Mm-hmm. And if they don't need Tua, then they send Tua to somebody. Yeah, it'd be interesting. And it's a win-win no matter what. So I think that would be crazy. Um, so that's where I think those quarterbacks are going. Well... Patrick, thank you for coming on. Uh, we know we took you away from Kip Kardashian uh, for a little bit um, to come on this podcast. So thank you. Uh, Patrick and I were talking. We're going to do a couple more of these. We're going to break down kind of every team, and then we'll go through winners and losers, who won free agency, who lost it, and then we'll lead up to the draft. Getting into more draft talk, uh, don't expect us to do a mock draft because, um, no, I'll just copy Daniel Jeremiah's. Uh, from NFL <laughs> Networks, and and uh, that won't be any fun. But thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you for having greatly me. appreciate it. And um, we hope we'll have you back sometime soon. So thank you. Let's get it. Glad to be here. Thanks, Wyatt. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, That interview was a lot of fun to record. Again, we did not have him in person. We are practicing social distancing. We recorded that over the phone, just so everybody knows. Uh, Make sure you guys stay healthy, wash your hands, um, stay six to eight feet apart away from anybody, stay home, um, be with your family, uh, do all the things that people have been telling you to do um, in regards to the coronavirus. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. We will be back next week, and we are now on all streaming platforms. Um, So, yeah, go ahead, find your streaming platform, find us on there, leave a review, uh, rate us, whatever you want to do. Again, this was a lot of fun to record, and I will see you next week for more in-depth, going into more in-depth on uh, the NFL free agency. All right, awesome. Thank you, guys, and have a great week.